This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. This is The Breakfast Grill and I'm Mark Tan. In the studio today, we have the world's leading hearing aids manufacturer, WS Audiology, which produces one-third of the global supply of these products and generates annual revenues of more than 2.3 billion euros. Now, Oliver Chopin, the regional president of APEC, joins us to tell us about their growth strategy and product development of this Danish company. Good morning, Olivier. Morning, Mark. Now, all of us in our annual medical checkups, we always focus on blood and heart diseases as we are more worried about diabetes, cholesterol and cancer markers. Very few of us actually opt to go for hearing its tests. Why is that so? Well, I guess um, hearing loss is, is a little bit under the radar for, for most people. Uh, we, we take it for granted that maybe as we get older, you know, we get gray hair, we start uh, having difficulty readings and maybe hearing loss is part of it. And to some extent, it's true. So I think it doesn't have the degree of urgency that maybe we can have in making sure we spot a cancer uh, early on or, or keep a diabetes in check. That being said... Uh, in terms of, uh, of of quality of life, in terms of your ability to contribute to society, it's a major, major factor. And we could be doing more. Right. I suppose the consequences of losing a hearing is not as severe as other issues. But I think recent studies have shown that hearing loss is in a way associated to dementia. It can be. I mean, it's um, the, the thing with hearing loss is that it cuts you off from people, right? It cuts you off from conversation. And therefore, it's... Um, it's, it's really bad for your social interaction. And when you combine that with aging, uh, you put yourself in a scenario where you have 70-year-old uh, people who are withdrawing from conversations because they, they just cannot keep up. They cannot understand everything that's being said. Um, that's, that's not a very good recipe, actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it can lead to depression. It can lead to uh, early onset of dementia if it remains untreated. That's correct. Now, it's also fair to say that our hearing deteriorates with age. And with 771 million people age 65 and above globally, accounting for almost 10% of the world's population, what can we expect from the top-line growth for WSA? Well, the, the industry is said to be growing naturally at uh, just above 5% per year. And it follows very much that, uh, that demographic trend. So the, 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 the base, I mean, you don't, hearing loss is not only confined to, to older, older people, but it is strongly correlated to, to age. So as we have an uh, aging population everywhere in the world, and in particular in Asia, I'm sure we'll talk about this, uh, obviously we, we, are, we are seeing an acceleration. So this top-line growth is going to be very much modeled around uh, what is the demographics of a specific area. So in the region, we are expecting much higher growth, for example, uh, for, for the years to come. But generally, that 5% growth rate is very much your business-as-usual steady-state growth as a result of people getting older. You, you could say it this way, yes. Now, hearing aid products still carries a certain stigma, and many people are rather shy to wear one, as many believe they're still an old, clunky, behind-the-ear device. Now, how are WSA products different? Well, that's, that's a great question. And I think that's one of the big, big issues that we have is there's a lot of preconceived ideas around uh, hearing aids and, and what they look like. Uh, technologies have come leaps and bounds in the, in, the, in the past few years. And that's true for most uh, manufacturers. But we have one of our brands called Signia, and we've really taken through that brand the challenge of fighting the stigma by coming up with designs of hearing aids 
that do not look like your typical hearing aids. So we have a great range of you know products that are completely inside the ear uh, that are virtually invisible. Uh, we also have products that are behind the ear but very stylish and, and some that looks like earbuds like you would have for, for your music. So, you know, just trying to make it, I guess, a more uh, enjoyable consumer experience as opposed to just uh, a, a device for a disability, which is unfortunately the perception sometimes. Right. The analogy I would use is once upon a time, wearing reading glasses was a negative stigma for most people. But the optical industry has made multifocus and it's cool to wear glasses, right? So I think your challenge is how do you make wearing a hearing aid cool as well Absolutely. in the same aspect? Absolutely. And, and we're working very hard on this. Now, WSA has traditionally been strong in the prescription hearing aids market worth about $7 billion US dollars globally, where the client performs a hearing test assessment before being fitted for a device. But over-the-counter hearing aids are growing in popularity with a market size of over a billion US dollars and generally seem to be growing faster than prescription hearing aids. Now, just walk us through, what's the difference between these two products? Okay. So prescription hearing aids are, uh, they are medical devices. So there's a whole lot of uh, obligations that come with this. And depending on the countries, they have to be dispensed by a hearing care professional. So there's a, you know, the, the, the end-to-end experience, whether it's from, from the prescription all the way to the delivery, including the product, is regulated. This, this level of regulation varies a lot country by country, and, and therefore there is space sometimes for products that are non-regulated. And it can be quite hard for consumers to navigate this because they can, you know, from the looks of it, look quite similar. But maybe to give you a very simple way to describe the difference between a prescription hearing aid and, and what we would call a, really an amplifier is that an amplifier, it's really literally having a loudspeaker on your ear. And that's not a good thing. Mm. So this is, this is where the, the notion of OTC in a regulated way becomes interesting. All right. I would assume that the US and European markets are probably the most regulated in the world. So They are more regulated, yes. Yeah. So let's just give us a sense of perspective. If we say that the US is a 10 out of 10 in terms of regulation, in this part of the world, where does our regulation rank? Wow. Um, I don't want to make any enemies. I think it depends, it depends a lot on the countries. I mean, in, in the region, I would say it's, it's fairly regulated. Um, there's always a question of enforcement of the regulation. I think that's, that's one, one of the topics in a number of countries where there is sometimes a gap between, um, between the regulation and, and what you observe day to day. Now, as a whole, whether it's prescription or over-the-counter, what is WSA strategy? I think it caters for very different, uh, very different people. And, and the reason, one, one of the reasons is not necessarily a good one, is that people tend to go for hearing aids when their hearing loss has become extremely bad. And at that point, the over-the-counter products are not a solution anymore because mm-hmm. they, just, they just don't deliver the, the, the service that you need. So we look at over-the-counter products as an alternative for people who maybe feel they are not ready yet for a permanent solution, but who feel they have the need for support in certain situations, you know, whether it's a, a noisier environment, whether it's, uh, you know, in meetings, in restaurants, depending on, 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 your, on your lifestyle and situation. Typically, people wait around seven years between the moment they notice they have a hearing problem and the moment they get their first equipment. And in seven years, you can lose quite a lot of hearing. So if we can, through uh, these kind of solutions, 
bring those people a little bit earlier in the category, that's good. Uh, that's good for them. Well, so it's obviously that the OTC strategy is to try and target a younger segment. Um, so last year, WSA announced a very interesting partnership agreement with Sony Corporation to write over-the-counter and self-fitting hearing aids and launch its first two products in October. Now, it's obvious that Sony traditionally knows how to design cool-looking products and have experience in direct-to-consumer marketing. So walk us through this partnership and what does Sony bring to the table for you? Well, first, we are extremely proud that uh, Sony chose to work with uh, you know, a company like us. They're a highly reputable company and... And, and this partnership is, um, is, is something that we're very proud of. I think, you know, we were talking about how we can attract younger consumers into the hearing category. And, you know, you need very good audiology. And this is what we, what we bring to the table. This is really our core business. Um, but when you're over the counter, by definition, the consumer has more autonomy in the choices that he makes. And, and to have a strong brand is really helping to bring the confidence maybe that, that people need to have, you know, to take the step uh, to buy a solution. And, and it drives, uh, it can drive preference as well. So I think it was a combination of, you know, Sony's uh, great uh, know-how in uh, acoustics in general, our know-how in acoustics and audiology, and also the fact that we have a consumer brand that will hopefully bridge that gap. So is the Sony product the only OTC product you have in your product lineup? So the, 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 the Sony partnership is dedicated to the US at this stage. So we have another product line that's called Vibe uh, that we sell in certain markets. Is Asia one of those markets? Asia is one of those markets. We've started a few pilots, uh, including in Malaysia, actually, this year. So. Right. Now, when it comes to Sony, is the partnership a 50-50 joint venture when it comes to R&D costs, marketing, product development? So we're not commenting on this, but it's just a, a partnership at this point. Okay. When will we see Sony products coming to our part of the world? Well, at, at the moment, you know, it was very much a partnership that was built on the back of a new regulation in the U.S. that, uh, you know, that, was, uh, that, that became a reality about a year ago. So at this point, this is the, the focus area. Um, but uh, there's nothing really stopping us, you know, uh, to go somewhere else. So I, I don't think it's something that you will see in the next 12 to 18 months, to be honest, but it's, it's, it's a possibility. So with both Sony and Vibes being your over-the-counter product portfolio ranges, would you see your growth rate going to double digits? Because you would then be entering a younger segment rather than your traditional 5% growth rate. Um, well, that's, you know, the idea is really to to try to offer a good solution for everyone. But the reality of the business is that it's still very much driven by prescription hearing aids. So the, the size of that category is still relatively small. Um, so I, I don't think uh, very short term it's going to double the, the growth rate of the company. But, but the, uh, the objective is really to, you know, to give hearing a, a bigger platform uh, where we can you know, talk about the benefits of of uh, hearing treatment to, to a broader audience and hopefully that can have a knock-on effect. On the Breakfast Grill this morning is Olivier Chopin, the regional president, APAC WS Audiology. After the break, we talk about financials, R&D and mergers and acquisitions. This is BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. Welcome back to The Breakfast Grill, where in the hot seat this morning is Olivier Chopin, the regional president, APAC WS Audiology. Before the break, we talk about the industry and its over-the-counter partnership with Sony. Now, Olivier, for quarter three financial year 2022-2023, WSA recorded revenues of 612 million euros. 
Now, is ABEX still only contributing to 60% of the global business? And why is it smaller compared to the rest of the world? As we probably would expect, you know, being a multinational corporation, that this part of the world will contribute its fair share of one-third of the total revenues. Well, I think it's... Um we, we are actually, if you bench us to our peers, actually a bit, uh, a bit heavier loaded in APAC than, uh, than some of our colleagues. Uh, but, but the difference remains, uh, remains significant. I think hearing treatment has been, uh, has been much more of a, a mature industry in, in Europe and North America for a long time. And with a good public uh, funding system attached to it. So that's, that's really uh, uh, kick-started the, the whole industry. So, Obviously, it takes, uh, it takes a little bit of time. The demographics is also very different. Even though Asia is aging very fast, it's still a relatively young continent. But, you know, we're, we're, we're catching up quite fast, actually. Yeah, I would imagine that this part of the world would be your fastest growth market in the next 10 to 20 years. Well, yes, it should be. I mean, for, for the reasons that we've mentioned, aging of the population, better access to, uh, to healthcare in general, uh, and greater awareness that, uh, that there are solutions that exist for, for hearing treatments. Now, how has China's economy affected business the last 12 months? Well, actually, our business in China has rebounded extremely fast uh, after, you know, the, all the sequences of lockdown, uh, which indicates that really there is, uh, you know, there, there, there is demand over there. And, and we've seen that across the region, uh, largely even in, in Japan, in India. Uh, when the countries have reopened, we've really seen that uh, the, the demand came back and you know, we're, we're in an industry, healthcare in general, I would say, is rather resilient to, to economic cycles. Um, there's only, you can only put up, put out the decision for so long. You know, if, if you need a solution at some point, you're going to do something about it. So what's your growth rate in this part of the world? Um, well, without going into the details, let's say it's at least twice as, uh, as fast as, as, as the global growth rate. Now, WSA has also bought a 51% stake of Chinese online retailer Long Kang. So how is the acquisition performing and competing with the likes of Tmall to sell hearing aids online in the market? Well, you know, the, the, the Chinese market is very specific in the sense that online sales of hearing aid is already uh, a pretty big segment and Long Kong was already the leader in that, uh, in that segment. So for us, it was an alternative to investing in traditional retail. And uh, so far, it's been, uh, it's been delivering on, on its promises. So, you know, as, as a company, um, we think that some of, the, some of the strength that we have as an organization is because we come from two separate companies until quite recently, we, we've really played the multi-brand, multi-channel game. Uh, so we have a multiplicity of brands to suit different situations. And we're also very strong in online. So you've mentioned Long Kong, but we also have a company called Here.com, which, uh, which is one of the leaders in the online field. And we, we have good positions in fast-growing markets, China, India, Latin America. So for us, investing in those areas was quite natural. So when we talk about online direct-to-customer marketing channels, your multi-strategy, what percentage of sales does it contribute to your total revenues? Globally, it's very small for us and for the industry. Locally in China, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit more sizable. Correct, because in your annual report, I think the number is only 1%. Yes, but yeah. because it's not a channel, it's not an established channel. And, and you have to understand, I mean, we sell products that are um, relatively expensive, uh, that are medical products uh, that require an adjustment to your hearing. So, the, you know, the delivery component is quite important. And to get the online journey right, it's um, yeah. It's a, it takes it takes quite a lot of skills and, and work. 
So with the acquisition of Longkang in China, what's the total sales of Longkang for you? It's got to be more than 1%, right? Uh, yeah, it's more than 1%, but I won't tell you that. <laughs> All right, now let's turn our attention a little bit to our part of the world. How is Malaysia performing? What unique challenges do you see in this country? Well, our, our business in Malaysia has been performing really, uh, really well. The, the bigger picture in Malaysia is the low penetration of hearing aids. And um, the penetration even of, of those people who really need hearing aid in Malaysia or who have a solution is, there are no official statistics, but it's definitely below 10%. But wouldn't you also agree that the hearing aids in Malaysia could be a little bit too expensive for the mass market because it just ranges from something as low as 2,000 all the way up to 20,000 ringgit? Yeah, you're right. I mean, affordability is a, is, is a real um, is a real question. Um, now, we have to keep in mind that we are in a prescription uh, product, so you have to factor in the whole chain, you know, from the moment you have to do the prescription, uh, the product itself, the fitting of the hearing aid, and there is an ongoing care, uh, an after-sales component, which is extremely important. So, you know, for, for us to be able to bring a solution, say, at more affordable price without compromising on the quality of care and the quality of the hearing aid. We need to work really hand in hand with hearing care professionals to simplify things as much as we can. And we do that. And we do that in a number of countries, trying innovative models to bring hearing closer to people, but also in a more affordable way. Now, looking at your financials, revenues have grown quite healthily, 5 to 6% year on year. But we've also noticed that your profit margins EBITDA remains flat quarter on quarter at about 120 to 122 million euros for this quarter two and quarter three. So what and why has impacted WSA's profitability, which has dipped below 20%? Uh, I think it's fairly... I mean, I'm not going to comment on the specifics of this because, uh, you know, there are so many factors at play. But I think the overall message is that it's... It's fairly, it's uh, it's a fairly consistent and strong uh, profitability level. I don't, I don't see that as a necessarily a problem. All right. Now, in FY 2022, WSA spent about 120 million euros on R and D, or approximately five percent of total revenues. Now, what's the focus of the R and D for future product rollout? As many expect to see hearing aid devices that are invincible at the ear, you know, and connected to the phone and smartwatch devices and. Moving forward, so next year, probably alternative reality goggles. <laughs> so, so what's the R&D product direction of WSA? Well, I think some of the themes that you've mentioned are already available in, in, uh, in our higher-end uh, products. So everything that's got to do with connectivity, with uh, Bluetooth, uh, with rechargeability as well to, to go away from, uh, from battery-powered uh, devices. So all of this is still a field, of course, for, of development. I think what's what's very important for us is not to give up as well on the quality of sound, and uh, actually we're you know we're we're launching in September our latest uh, generation of uh, of hearing aid. It's a product called uh, Signia iX, and it's going to tackle the probably the most challenging situation for people with hearing loss, which is conversations in noisy environments, and this is enabled by a lot of. Uh, of what R&D is working on, so a very good understanding, obviously, of the whole audiology field, uh, but also leveraging new technologies, you know, including AI. Right. So, Oliver, obviously, a lot of the companies, they love to do R&D on very high-tech, high-end quality products, AI hearing aids, you know, chip-based hearing aids. But is there any R&D going on to actually make the hearing aid more affordable for the mass market? Because... 
I think it's generally based on statistics, only the top 20% of the people in the world can afford a hearing aid. Are we forgetting the M40 and the B40s? Um, no, we're not. And we actually have hearing aids offers, you know, even in Malaysia for the, for the, for the pickup B40 and, and this sort of program. So we, we are able to make it, to, to make it work. I, I think it's about keeping what is essential uh, for hearing treatment and maybe making compromises on some of the some of the features so it's it's a lot of engineering work and also quite a lot of software work to be able to bring those solutions in a in a in a simplified way to consumers so we we work on this actually and on some pilots in India in particular mm-hmm. uh, with relatively simple products but with good audiology uh, good enough audiology and bringing them in setups that are where the cost to service is a little bit lower and we're, and we're you know we're learning how to do this, but we certainly don't want to give up on that because, to your point, our company mission is a wonderful sound for all, mm-hmm. and for all uh, means really for all. Correct. Because right now it sounds like it's a wonderful sound for all if you're at the top twenty percent and not what well, not quite. It's not not quite like this, and and uh, but but you're right. I mean, in in the sense that. We, we need to do more as an industry, together with healthcare professionals, together with public health decision makers, to bring this, uh, these solutions to more people. So is a sub-100 US dollar or 500 ringgit hearing it possible in the near future? Uh, it's possible, but it's possible if we have the whole ecosystem working together. Now, WSA is a 2019 merger between Sivantos and Widex, and you have been in the company for over two years. How has the integration been between these two companies? It's been good, uh, actually, and two companies that were coming from, uh, you know, from from different angles and different perspectives. And I think what it allowed us to do, and that we've done pretty well, is uh, you know this multi-brand, multi-channel uh, strategy that we've implemented. So the, the the whole idea behind this is by having different brands, we can cater to different needs of of hearing, different price points as well. We were talking about uh, about that a second ago. Mm-hmm. And the multi-channel is how do you adjust, obviously, those brands to, you know, hospitals, independent audiologists, retail chains in some countries like in Japan or parts of Europe. Uh, optical stores are a big, uh, a big part of the distribution. Well, we can, you know, we can play with all this portfolio that we have thanks to the, the merge companies to be able to address those needs uh, as well as we can. So it's really gone well. And, and now WSA is really the, entity, the identity of the company and, and I think our colleagues around the world are embracing it. Now, is WSA looking for further acquisitions or inorganic growth for the business? I think the, the key point is because the underlying growth of the industry is already so high, you know, thanks to the demographics, because the penetration rates in many parts of the world are already very low, the organic component of it, it has to remain mm-hmm. uh, a priority because there's, there's already so much more to activate uh, between the demographic trends and, and the low penetration rates that this uh, certainly for me is my focus for the, for the years to come. Right. Olivier, thank you very much for your time. On the Breakfast Grill was Olivier Chopin, the Regional President, APAC WS Audiology. This is BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.